Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another Love Tennis Podler. It's day, I don't know what day it is. I barely know what day of the week it is. Um, you may be aware this is coming to you a little bit late, for which I apologise. Uh, as you know, we've had a few technical issues this week, and I suppose this is another one. Um, as such, the women's semi-finals will either be in play or finished by the time you hear this. So I'm not going to talk about... Shontek versus Kasatkina and Trevor Sam versus Goff too much because they will be dated by the time you hear this. Um, what I do want to talk about is what happened on Wednesday at Roland Garros and uh, a little bit about something I wrote uh, for the I newspaper uh, about Roland Garros as a whole yesterday, which um, caused quite a lot of consternation and debate, which is the whole point, really. Um, let's start with the tennis, I suppose. Uh as I mentioned, Dario Kasatkina and Iga Shontek both threw to the semi-finals. Uh, Kasatkina beat Kudamatova. She outlasted her, really. Um, just kind of stuck with it. Um, and, I mean, Kudamatova had a medical timeout as well and some treatment. So um, that certainly played in her favour, but I didn't think she particularly went away. Um, the second set was an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, it was pretty... I mean, I don't think tight is the word. It was hard work, though. Um I think there were in total six breaks of serve in the set. Um, Derek Asakina then took a 6-1 lead in the tiebreak. Uh, she lost five match points in a row uh, and then broke against Kudamatova's serve at 5-6 to seal the match. Um, it was a pretty emotional moment. She's obviously someone who has been at this stage before. Um She's obviously also someone who, as a Russian player at the moment, has a, a lot to deal with and I'm sure a lot of things going through her head and a lot of questions being aimed at her. So I think every victory that she claims probably feels like a victory against the world. She obviously made those two quarterfinals um, previously in 2018, one here and one at Wimbledon, and she lost both of those. So um, a big moment for her. Not the only first time French Open semi-finalist. Of course, there are a couple across the draw. Um, the other women's match was Iga Shontek against Jessica Pagula. This was, on paper, the biggest challenge of her tournament so far. Um, 
I would probably suggest that it it was it turned out that way as well. Um, she, I don't think she's been playing her best the last match or two. Um, Zheng, the Chinese player, certainly challenged her, and I think potentially might have won had she not or had what we I suppose what we thought was an injury. Um, she later revealed she was struggling with um, period pains, which is an injury of sorts. I don't really know how to categorise that. I don't know whether calling an injury would be right or wrong, given that you know most women go through it every month to a lesser or greater extent. I don't know. Anyway, um, on the other side, Net Schwantek didn't play very well in that match. Um, when she played Danka Kovinic, there were definitely sort of chinks in the armour. And I think Jessica Pagula might view this as a little bit of a missed opportunity. But she might particularly be annoyed that... At three all in the first set, she was break point down. She played a decent backhand drop shot and it bounced twice, quite simply. Um, it, I mean, I don't think Shontek no, noticed. Um, she was asked about it afterwards. She said, I'm sorry if it did. Bounced twice. The umpire certainly didn't notice. She said she was just trying to get the ball and she did her best and the umpire said game and she moved on um, and that she didn't realise it had bounced twice. I think if she had, she would have said something. Um, but she didn't realise and she didn't say anything. Um, Pagula kind of looked back at her box and looked at the chair and he didn't say anything. And, you know, I, I, Pagula said, I didn't th- I didn't think, I wasn't like, I didn't think she got it. I was just like, Jesus, is she that fast? I hit that perfect. And it was a very good drop shot. Um, I looked at the chair and he was like, you know, he didn't call it. You can't say anything. The problem is once they make the decision, you can't go back and change it. So, yeah. And then she said the replay came up. Um, and it was pretty obviously a double bounce, and he said he didn't see it. So, you know, in Jessica Pagula's words, what are you going to do? Can't go back in time and change the call, which, you know, I think is a really mature attitude, by the way. Plenty of players would have sat there and just moaned and had a massive fit at the umpire, and, you know, it. I don't know, maybe it would spur some players on, but I don't think it, uh, you know. It was an unfortunate situation, Pagula's words, and I think that's probably the best way of... Summing it up, I don't think there was any deliberate foul play on either part. Um, it gave Shontek the lead in the match, though. Um, but she had been broken in her first service game. Um, and, you know, Pagula had pushed her occasionally. But once she got into her rhythm, um, especially on return, you know, she really, really stepped it up. Um, but Pagula fought hard. You know, she saved, I think, three match points in the, the final game of the second set. You know, it lasted an hour and a half, and frankly, given Shontek's, what is it, 33-game un- unbeaten streak now, you know, getting close to her is a bit of an achievement, so um, you have to give her some credit for that. Uh, we then had the men's, of course, Andre Rublev and Marin Cilic, two men who've never been to previously to a French Open semi-final. Uh, Andre Rublev, of course, has been to a lot of Grand Slam quarterfinals, and Marin Cilic has been to the semi-finals of all the others, and now he's been to all of them. Incredibly, he's only the fifth active player to reach the semi-finals of all four Grand Slams. The other four, Murray, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer. I mean, if that doesn't tell you the kind of career that Marin Cilic has had, and, you know, lots of people don't like watching him, lots of people think he's a bit of a boring bloke, but, you know, as George said, he's a very nice guy, and he has worked blooming hard at his career. Um... I think anyone who watched the 2017 Wimbledon final where he broke down in tears on court because his blisters were so bad that he could barely really play, you know, that was 
really hard to watch. He's obviously a Grand Slam champion. You know, he won the U.S. Open in 2014, um, and he also got to the final of the Australian Open in 2018. Both of those finals he lost, he lost to Roger Federer. So it's not like, you know, which is no shame, let's be honest, on grass or hard court. So, um, yeah, he has certainly had his 60 seconds fill of um, minute run. And he's not done yet. He's 33 years old. He blew Medvedev away. He did a decent job against Rublev as well. I mean, it went to five sets. He got pretty tight um, in that fifth set. He had a match point on Rublev's serve. Um but in the tie break, you know, Chilic is a guy we kind of associate with getting quite tight. The tie break, he walked. I mean, Rublev was nearly in tears. He, 10-2 was the tie break in the fifth set. You know, that is the ultimate pressure, that champion's tie break at the end of the fifth set. Um, after four hours of tennis, you've got to go out and play high-pressure points. Chilic absolutely blew him away. It was 2 all. Eight points later, it was 10-2. Um, I think he's going to be a real handful in the latter rounds now. He's two wins away from the title, and I just wouldn't rule it out. I just wouldn't rule it out. Um, the man he's going to play in the semi-final is Kasper Rude of Norway. Uh, big breakthrough result for him. Uh, he beat Holger Rune in four sets in the night match. More on night matches in a minute. It was uh, a pretty tight battle. It was hard for Holger Rune as a character on the court. Um, he... Went a set down, Rude, not blew him away, but definitely um, played better than him, quite frankly, in the first set. Uh, won the first five games on the run, and, and you just wondered, a little bit like we saw Carlos Alcaraz looking a bit lost on the court. You wondered whether this was going to be a step too far for the 19-year-old as well. But, you know, he kind of, um, he bit, and bit hard, you know, bit down. Um, he was a set and a breakdown at one point, and he immediately broke back. He broke again three games later and he won the set, you know, to love in that 10th game of the second set. So he, you know, he he pulled it back and he put himself back on level terms. And, you know, the third set tiebreak, Rude played really well. And just the unforced errors caught up with Rude, really. You know, whereas um, the other night when he beat Tsitsipas, everything was landing. Things weren't landing in the same way. And, you know, I think I think he plays that kind of strategy. So, um, you know, he's a guy who's exciting to watch because of it. Um, expect it to be good to watch. Expect to see lots more of him. This time last year, he was floating around 300 in the world or something. Um, he's going to be inside the top 40 for the first time when the rankings shake down on Monday, if not higher. I'll just tell you exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be 28 in the world on Monday, you know, which is a big achievement for a 19-year-old there's only two of them really in the top I think there's only two teenagers in the top 150 yeah exactly the third ranked teenager is Luca Nardi and he's 198 in the world so that tells you kind of everything you need to know about how hard it is to break through under the age of 20 in the men's game um, we'll see a lot more of him but great result for Casper Ruud there was a bit of controversy afterwards or alleged controversy um, Extra Bladette the uh, I think they're Norwegian or they're certainly Scandinavian um, reporting that, that Holger Rune said um, in the locker room he, Casper, and his team have to pass me. The team is actually very sweet. And then he just goes straight up to me and shouts, Yah, in my face. Casper um, Rude's dad has since come out and said this is complete nonsense. It didn't happen. Um, 
you know, it's locker room, he said, she said. I, there was a, a moment at the net. I mean, the, the final point of the match was a contested mark. Room wasn't happy with the umpire when she came down and looked at it and said it was good. He went up to the net and just, you know, the handshake was very cursory. Slapped his hand and walked to his chair and Rude just made a face, you know, a little sort of subtle shake of the head and a sort of, right, okay, that's how it is, is it? So clearly there was a bit of needle, but I'm all for needle. Um, There's needle between Nadal and Djokovic and there was the other day and I'm all for that. You know, I think it makes for great tennis and as long as it doesn't overstep the mark, which I don't think... I mean, potentially going up to someone in the locker room and shouting in their face does, but, you know, who knows if that happened or not. Um, But I would suggest that on court, a little bit of needle goes a long way. Um, It was a night match. It was the last night match. We're now into fully day tennis, albeit late afternoon and early evening tennis, because everything starts about three o'clock here in Paris. Um, The night matches have been met with mixed results this is the first time they've had full crowds at the night matches of course in 2020 no crowds 2021 limited crowds um i mean from a practical standpoint it's pretty cold it was about 10 degrees when Nadal Djokovic finished everyone was wearing blankets some people couldn't stick it out you know it wasn't great from that perspective it finishes too late because it starts too late you know they they kick off not before 8 45 and invariably play starts at nine you know even a straight set match a men's match anyway will go two hours and that's an 11 o'clock finish which isn't too bad but if it goes long like Nadal Djokovic did you know the last Metro leaves at 20 to 1 um, from around there and that match finished at quarter past one and it was not the only post 1am finish and it wasn't even the latest finish ever in these night sessions because back in 2020 I think Sinner and Nadal went to half one so Clearly, that's an issue. It was staggering that Amelie Moresmo said they hadn't even really thought about the transport, they didn't have a plan, and that they would definitely be looking at it. I mean, surely that's like one of the first things you look at when you're arranging an event. One of the other first things you look at when you're arranging an event should be equality. And you would think with a female tournament director at the French Open, which is, you know, rare to say the least, that that would be a greater concern. Of the night matches, nine of them were men's matches. One of them was a women's match. In my tweet about this, I said, is it sexist? I don't know. And I had lots of people, including Catherine Whitaker of the Tennis Podcast, say, I'll help. Yes, it is. Um, I, I find it difficult to kind of level these big labels at tournaments or people because I often think, that they are informed by some prejudices, but I think that sometimes, you know, there's some shades of grey. I don't doubt that there is sexism involved in the way this has been scheduled. Um, There are other things as well. You know, Moresmo said, she said every day, or at least most days, I looked at the women's matches and thought, can I get any of these on Chatrier in the night session? You know, she said she was looking for rivalries or stars. And she said that she could only find one, and that was Alize Cornet, the French player, up against former champion Yelena Ostapenko. It was a great match, three sets, ding-dong. Ostapenko is an entertainer at the best of times. Um, yeah, it was it was ideal. And Naomi Osaka was in this tournament. All right, not for very long, but could have put her first or second round match. You know, she played Amanda Anasimova. Yeah, that's a great matchup. Could you not put that on? 
I appreciate that there's like you know Japanese broadcasters wanting it on at 11 in the morning so they can get it in prime time in Japan but you know this isn't just about TV audiences although it is in part it's also about what message you're sending to the world about what Roland Garros thinks of players and they've really pushed this night match you know they have a DJ on before it's the big ticket you know they're selling it as a separate ticket you can't get in until half six you're supposed to be the kind of post-work crowd it's almost it's got shades of T20 in terms of the marketing and they think that the women's game in the words of Moresmo, lacks appeal I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that the women's game has less appeal at the moment than the men's game because, you know, Nadal and Djokovic and Federer when he's fit are three of the best players of all time. And I don't know how many of the best all-time players are currently playing in the women's tour. I'd say Svante might end up in that kind of echelon. And I think Osaka might. And maybe one or two others. But, you know, they don't have goats. But they do have star quality. And I think it's a really important message to send to fans of the sport and to kids to be like look here's a woman standing on the same stage as a man and I think when you end up with nine men's matches and one women's match it doesn't send that message now my concern is that I don't think Moresmo regrets that I don't I think she thinks they did the right thing and that they wouldn't change it if they had their time again um which I think is a bit troubling I at least even if she thinks that it's blooming naive to say it. Like, how can she not see that that's going to make serious, serious headlines if you say, nah, I don't think it's worth having the women on in prime time? I, uh, it baffles, really. You would think that, she, that someone somewhere in the FFT is going, Emily, we can't say this. Even if we think it, here's the line. You know, I don't like spin and PR. I like honesty, but... Sometimes honesty gets you in trouble, I'm afraid. And I think, in this case, Moresmo speaking her mind may have got her in trouble. Um, I don't know if night matches will survive. Amazon have a contract for another year to show them, and that's really why it's such a big deal. Amazon pay a lot of money for the rights to those night matches. Um, I think that the start time will change. Chatray starts an hour later than every other court, and I've no idea why. That should start at 11. That would mean you can pull the night session back at least an hour. So it's a 7.45 for 8 o'clock start in Paris. Because then even a really long match, four hours, would go to midnight. And that wouldn't be great, but you might only get one or two four-hour matches over the kind of whole fortnight. I think the better thing would to be, you know, have Chatre 11 till 6. And then kick everyone out, bring everyone back in, start at half 6, have a women's match and a men's match on. And, and then I think you avoid all the equality problems or the the, you know, the equality complaints. Um, you give the women the platform that I think they deserve. And, you know, if you start at a half six, you might get a long women's match that goes three hours occasionally and men don't go on until half nine. But there are some tournaments that put men on, like, you know, Madrid. Zverev didn't start until God knows what time. I remember Dimitrov starting a night match potentially in Australia at about quarter to midnight. And again, that's bad. But what I'm saying is you should... And realistically, most women's matches kind of work out to the hour and a half, two-hour mark. So you start at half six, probably finish by half eight. And then you get on and you get going. Um, yeah, all a bit of a mess, really. And, you know, Moresmo was sick of talking about scheduling by the end of her press conference. But 
that is a big deal and it's something that really gets people talking. Um, please do head over to inews.co.uk slash sports slash tennis if you want to read that um, and or head over to my Twitter uh, and you can read it there as well. Um, please do keep coming back. We'll have another podcast tonight after the women's semifinals, looking ahead to the men's semifinals and back on the women's semis. Hopefully we'll have one of the lads as well. Um, and most of all, thank you very much for listening. It has actually kept me sane doing these pods. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.